Happy Sunday. Um, Pastor Brad has been uh, starting a series on vision. Uh, many times in the years past, we've done this in January, but we've started it in December this year. And, and really, it's, it's good to have this ahead of you before January hits, because I tell you what, whenever we only focus on it in January, I always feel like, man, I just lost a month of the new year. And, you know, I spend most of uh, January just trying to map out my, my year ahead of me. And it's uh, good to set down before the year hits and just really begin to, to um, write scriptures down for your life, to begin to pray about the plan that God has for you. And if you're, and if you're confused this morning, you're like, vision? What's vision? I've not, I've not done anything that you're talking about. Well, that's okay, because we're going to go over what vision is today. And uh, I want to I start... In Proverbs 29, so if you have uh, the word of God with you today, or if you have it on your phone, uh, turn to Proverbs 29, verse 19, and this is a scripture, no, that's not right, I wrote it down wrong. Eighteen, one verse before. 29.18. <coughs> um, this is a verse that, that you probably hear a lot, but I want to really dig into this this morning and talk about vision. Talk about uh, how we're supposed to get vision from the Lord. How we're supposed to get vision for our lives. So in Proverbs uh, 29.18, not 19, <coughs> Let's read that together, and it says, Where there is no vision or revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Where there is no vision or revelation, the people cast off restraint. What does that mean? Well, when you talk about vision or revelation, so many times people think, well, vision, revelation, that's the same thing. Yeah, actually it is. Because revelation, when you think about it, revelation, when something's revealed to you, then it's unveiled. It's like pulling the blanket off of something, and then all of a sudden you see the object, you see the thing that was underneath uh, that blanket, underneath that whatever was pulled off, that veil. Whereas before you just looked at it and it was just a lump of something. But it was unveiled, so now you can describe it. Now you can see it. Now it's in your eye, and you can begin to see what that thing is, what it does, what it's for. So an unveiling means that you are now able to see, which is vision, right? You can now visualize. You can now begin to see. Well, with the Word of God, when it says when there is no vision, the people, it says the people will cast off restraint, that means they throw off uh, everything to do with instruction or the, the law of God. When we don't have a vision from God, when we don't have an understanding or revelation from God, you know what we do? We don't have any boundaries. We don't have any, any uh, instructions that we're following. We don't, we don't see what's before us uh, and run towards that because now we're not really running towards anything but our own pleasures. And so that's why it says happy or blessed 
is he who keeps the law. Because when you read that, sometimes you go, what's the, the two have to do with each other? Everything. Because when you have vision for something, doesn't it require steps? If you have vision to run a race, if you have vision to win the, the state championship of football, then you have to do certain things that will require for that championship to be won, correct? That means you got to go to the gym, you got to work out, you got to go to practices every day, because if you don't, then in the end, chances are you're not going to win that championship. You're not going to win that state championship because you did didn't do what was required to build your strength for that vision. Well, it's the same thing. When God has vision, when God is unveiling his vision to you, when he's unveiling his ways to you, then he's also setting up instructions for you to walk by. But if we cast that off, then we're, we're not walking in his ways. We're not walking in the instruction of the Lord. So in order to have good success, what did, what did God tell Joshua? In order to have good success, he was to meditate upon the word day and night. This will give you courage. Be of good courage. Be strong and courageous and you'll possess the land. But you got to meditate day and night on my word. He wasn't just saying just go in and, and win anyway. He said, no, you got to meditate day and night on my word. And that's why we've been covering the word so heavily lately. We talked about the authority of the word on Sunday nights. If you've been here during that, man, you got some good information to begin to start the year 2022 with because the word the authority of the word is what gives us power hallelujah so without vision without revelation of God's will in your life there will never be fulfillment turn to Isaiah 29 Isaiah 29. I want to read verse 11 and 12, and then I'm going to jump down to 16. <coughs> because here's the thing. I think a lot of times, and I've made this same mistake before, where you think, okay, I'm going to create a vision. I'm going to create a vision for my, for my year, for my life, whatever it may be, but... You don't really consult God on the vision. It's just kind of like, uh, I'm going to do this, this, and this throughout the year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strive for this, this, and this. And we don't really consult many times God on, on the things that we want to do. But I want to read you a passage that this morning I want to change your concept Renew the mind by the concept of the word of God, that he is the creator of you. Is he not? Did he give you breath? Everything that exists, everything that's living and breathing is because of God, because of the very word of God. And in verse 11, it says the whole vision has become to you like the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one who is literate or can read, saying, read this, please. And he says, I cannot, for it is sealed. Then the book is delivered to one who is illiterate, that can't read, and says, says, read this, please. And he says, I am not literate. Now, this here 
is referring to the word of God. See, the word of God is like a book of instructions, of principles. We talked about that, principles and promises and prophecies for your life. And when we use the word of God, and he's saying the word is like a book that we're to discover, we're to unveil, we're to dig into because our creator has put a certain purpose inside of every person. He created you for a purpose. He created you. In fact, when he created Adam and Eve in the very beginning, he created them and he gave them an assignment immediately. He told them to multiply, to guard the garden, to keep it, to be fruitful, multiply, replenish, and to subdue, to have dominion over, over the garden. So he didn't just create them and say, okay, just, you know, hang out, have a good time. I created all this for you. No, this is your assignment. You're going to grow this. You're going to be fruitful. Fruitful. You're going to multiply. You're going to have children. And then it's going to expand because I believe God wanted his children to take over the whole earth. That garden was to expand and become fruitful, and his children were going to rule over the whole earth. But because it got cut short, then that didn't happen. But the thing is, God created each one of us for a purpose, for a reason. And he says the vision has to be unveiled. Because he says whether a person cannot read or they, they can read but it's sealed, Vision and revelation has to come by the Holy Spirit. Because a person can read this, and it can go right over their head. Or they can read it and make carnal assumptions and not even read it through the Spirit. Not be able to read it with eyes of revelation. They can read it and make up all their assumptions and make up, well, I think this means this. And then you get into some crazy doctrines sometimes because men can read that. And, and then they get like wayward because they didn't receive it through revelation. They were just making things up in their head that they, they thought it meant. But he says, you've got to receive with revelation the light of Christ. The light is what revelation is. The entrance of his word brings light. It brings revelation to our spirit. The entrance of his word. So whenever we read the word, we're getting, we're getting the instruction. We're getting the revelation for our life. We're, we're to pray. God, give me revelation today. Holy Spirit, reveal to me your word. Reveal what truth is today so I can walk according to your ways. I can walk according to the principles of God. So the, the light of God, in fact, it, it says in John that when the light came, the darkness couldn't comprehend it. In fact, another way of saying that is the darkness could not overcome it. When the word came among us, the light of God came and darkness could not overcome it. Darkness could not comprehend it. That means darkness does not trump light. If you have the littlest bit of light, then you can see in a dark room, right? If it's completely dark, all lights, everything is, you know, you got dark, the dark curtains, the, the things that block out the sun, whatever those things are called, the, you know, blackout curtains, thank you. And the room's completely dark, you can't see your hand in front of your face. But one little match, one little match will light enough that you'll be able to see in that room. 
You'll be able to make out forms. You'll be able to, to see if there's things in, in that room that you need to, to go around, steer, steer clear of, step over. It just takes one little light. Darkness cannot overcome light. Well, that means the ways of the enemy, Satan, cannot overcome the revelation of God. So when you get that revelation, then nothing's going to be able to hold you back. When you get the revelation of his principles, nothing is going to be able to, to keep you from that because you've got a revelation in your spirit that you know that you know, and nothing's going to talk you out of it. So as a, a born-again believer, this becomes our life source. It becomes the very thing that we've got to, to get into us because even through that, okay, well, let's say I read that, but I'm not getting instruction for my life specifically. God can even speak to you specifically through verses that were written a long time ago. In fact, I shared at one point how we, how we were called to hunt, and it was because of a, a scripture out of Ezekiel. That, that scripture wasn't specifically written about my situation, but when I read it, there was a burden that was placed on the inside of me, an assignment that was placed on the inside of me that, that made me uh, weep. I mean, it was like I was impregnated with an assignment. And that word had nothing to do specifically with Hana. But I knew when I read that word, God used that word to impregnate me with an assignment and a mission. So God can use the word that he has written to speak something to you. We've been having prophetic nights on Wednesday. God's been speaking to people. That's another way that God speaks to people. That there's a, there are things that are bringing light into people's understanding that God wants me to, to go here, to step here, to move forward in this. Maybe where, in fact, Melanie received a powerful word of confirmation on, on Wednesday after giving her testimony. You know, if, if there were things that she was already thinking, it was a strong confirmation because she, got, she had three different people come up to her to confirm that very same word. Those things are assignments. It's light coming into, if there was a dark area there at all, it's revelation on where I'm to step, where I'm to go. It gives me purpose. Because without that purpose, without that assignment, we're unfulfilled. That's why people say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go try and, and find myself. I'm going to go try and, and, and see who I am and figure myself out. And, and I just, I don't know. I don't know who I am. And when they're trying to do that, what they're really trying to do is find the purpose and the identity that God gave them. Many times they don't know that, and they'll end up in some uh, crazy other religion. But no one can fill that void other, God, other than God himself. Why? Let's read that, that uh, verse, 16. Surely you have turned things upside down. Shall the potter be esteemed? As the clay, for shall the thing made say of him who made it, he did not make me? Or shall the thing formed say of him who formed it, he has no understanding? So what it's saying here, shall the, shall the, the pot or the clay say to the potter, you, you don't understand what you're doing. 
You, di- you didn't make me. 16, verse 16, 29, 16 in Isaiah. <laughs> you didn't make me. You don't understand me. That would be stupid. My mom does pottery. The, the pot has never spoke up and said, and said, you don't know what you're doing. I don't want to be a, a, a candlelight holder. I want to be a pitcher. There's the, the pot doesn't question the potter. The pot sets on, on, the, on the wheel, and the potter forms and forms and forms. And guess what goes on to the clay continuously? Water, form, water, form, water. What is water? The word. It's symbolic of the word of God. So every forming that happens, the word form the word because the water keeps it pliable the water keeps it so it doesn't fall apart and and crumble and get dry the water keeps us soft the water it's the water of the word the washing of the word it renews our mind until we understand god's ways we will never find fulfillment but if we walk in the ways of god then we begin to see success in our life and sometimes I think we, when we talk about vision, we, we think, well, you know, we're talking about this great big plan of I'm going to become a CEO. I'm going to, I'm going to become a, a, a business owner. Yes, it can be that. But you know what? Sometimes it just needs to start at home. Sometimes we need to focus on our home and, and say, I want to have the best marriage possible. Because our minds need renewed to the thinking of God. How many of you have ever heard, oh, it's the terrible twos? We all have, right? It's such a common statement here in America. Oh, it's the terrible twos. You know, kids going into terrible twos. I refused when my children were little to ever allow that to become my speech. Because that's not what the word of God says. It never says the terrible twos. It never says your two-year-old is going to be so difficult to handle that you're just going to let them do whatever because you can't control them. No. It calls me the head of the home, Brad the head of the home, that we're to train the child in the way that they should go and in the end they will not depart from it. I refused even when they were teenagers. I wasn't going to sit there and say, oh, well, they're, they're teenagers and it's just their lot to be rebellious. They're just going to be rebellious teenagers because that's just what teenagers do. Everybody sows their seeds. Everybody is wild in their teenage years. No, don't allow the words of the world to form your future and your destiny. I don't care if it looks different. I don't care if you got to do different stuff. We are different. We're called to be different. We're called to be a light. We're not called to blend into the world. We're called to get the principles of the word of God in us, and then we shine. And then other people say, how did you do that? How did you do that so that that I can gain the understanding? Is everybody going to receive it? No. But that's okay because it brings peace to your home. What good is it to have a great big vision of, well, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder when the home is a mess? So the enemy will attack children, they'll attack your health, they'll attack your marriage, they'll attack your finances. 
the things that leave a home in disarray. In all of these areas, we have to have the word of God and the principles of God. And that's why even from the time at the beginning of my marriage, at the beginning of the time of raising children, I was reading books, understanding how to raise my children in a godly way. How to, you know, I, I, I had to make decisions that looked like the absolute opposite of the world. The, in fact, there weren't always Christians that were making the same decisions that we were making. There were some Christians that as, as life went on and they got a little bit older, they chose sports to be a higher thing than, than time with God. They chose activities because people will oftentimes say, oh, well, this is the opportunity. This is, they'll never have this time again. I got to let him be the teenager. I got to let him. Is that going to help him get into heaven? Those years are small years but it is not eternity. And if you lose those moments, many times people go astray because of those lost moments where they weren't grounded. You have to be willing to make the sacrifices. You have to be willing to say, I'm not going to look like the world. You have to be willing in your finances. There were times when, when Pastor Brad, all of his buddies were like, oh, we got a new Jeep, got a new gun, got a new bow, got a new this, got a new four-wheeler, got a new... And, and yeah, it's, it's tempting. It's tempting because you want to have a, you know, I want to have a new bow too. I want to have a new bow for bow season. I want to have a new truck. You know, guys buy expensive gifts. You know, you take girls out and they're like, oh, I'm happy with this sweater. And it's like, guys, they, they need like a $5,000 gift sometimes. <laughs> But they, they, they focus a lot on, on the, the, um, the gaming, the sporting. And so there was a lot of his friends that were buying these new things. But we had put ourselves at that point on a mission that we were not going to stay in debt. And we were not going to allow our finances to rule us. Which meant we were not willing because, see, it dominoes. If we are scrunched with our finances then I got to go to work. If I got to go to work, I can't homeschool my children. If I can't homeschool my children, then I got to put them in public school. Each decision affects another decision. I knew I was called to homeschool. That's what I was called to do. So we had to make decisions that lined up with that. We had to be in agreement with that. We had to be in agreement with what we were doing. We had to make decisions that other people looked at us and go, yeah, maybe they felt sorry for us. I don't know. They never said that, but maybe they, they thought that. Well, poor Brad. He, didn't, he, didn't, he doesn't get a new Jeep. He doesn't get a new this. But you know what? I think every one of them are probably in debt today, and, and we're not. So it's, there's a huge difference. If you live now according to the principles of the world, or the word of God, you're not going to look like everybody else later. You will begin to sow the seeds of the word of God that will bring fruition. It will bring fruit into your life. You will live a life of victory. You will live a life of success. You will live a, light, a life that shines light and others will be drawn to you. They'll come to you. They'll ask questions. They'll ask you, how did you do this? It doesn't happen right off the bat, but in the end, it comes. 
because they want to know what did you do and see the thing is it takes a real soldier it does truly because you got to make decisions that are not always easy and it takes commitment it takes commitment so the pot cannot ask of the potter why are you doing this why do i have to do it your way why, why do you have to, to push me right there? Why do I need that handle on me? And sometimes we just have to trust God that where he's pressing, where he's molding, where he's, there's a reason for it. Because in order to go to the next level, that's got to happen. We've got to submit and we've got to yield. And we've got to be available and we have to have the ear to hear. We have to receive the revelation of his word because we can't just go and just make up our own way and say, well, I think, well, I think, well, I think this is the way. You know, this is how I see other people do it. There is no other way of truth except for the word of God and his ways and his principles. So how do we, how do we receive vision? Then we've got to, we have to receive the word of God into our spirit. And when a prophetic word is given to us and it confirms something in us, then that means we've got to begin to step it out. Because the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10 that we are God's workmanship. His masterpiece. We are his. And he says that he prepared in advance for us to do good work. He didn't say, well, he just, uh, you know, kind of created this thing on the fly. And, you know, it was just a last minute thought. And, you know, uh, actually, I really don't have a whole lot for you to do. Uh, if you just sit there and, and look pretty, that's good enough. No, he says, I've got a good work for you to do. And I've prepared it in advance. And I have put people in your life to help you with that. I am placing you in the right position, but you got to receive it. You got to make it work. You got to be diligent. You got to receive the word and to walk it out. Because you are created for good works. And I think. Many times when we hear that, we're like, oh, okay, yeah, he has a good path for me. And we, th we think very general, like the big path. But you know that good work? Do you know that word actually means to conduct your life according? To regulate your life by conduct. Now, it's interesting because that means it's a daily thing. It's a daily conducting of our life of choices. So what he's saying, I've prepared in advance for this good work for you to do. This regulating of your life. This, this work of living your life and conducting your life right. Making the choices that are required in order for you to be a success in the land. It's just like the, the scripture that Minister Lee Howe read earlier in Deuteronomy. That if you do this... Then you'll go in. It'll be well with your children. You'll possess the land. If you obey the commandments, if you do what I tell you to do, then you're going you're gonna to be blessed. You're going to be happy. You're going to walk in the land. You're going to be fruitful. You're going to have dominion. Hallelujah. So the vision, you have to have a God vision. And I don't just mean like, 
you know, it's got to be this big thing, but it's got to be about your daily life. How do I view myself? Do I believe in the greater, in the greater way? Do I believe that, that my children have to, to rear up and cause problems and I just stand back and go, well, there's nothing I can do about it? Or do I believe that God has put me there to instruct them in wise counsel and when they're old, they will not depart from it? Do I believe that or do I sound like the world when I talk? Do I believe that, that he has called me to a, a greater level of living? Do I believe that he has health and healing for me, divine health to walk it out in my life? Do I believe the word when I read it? Do I believe in a higher way, a higher way of living that I don't look like the world? Do I receive it into my mind when I read it so I can be a workmanship, a masterpiece that other people look and they say, wow. Look at that. That's different. That's not the everyday art. Because he has created you to be different. Now, when it comes to vision, we have to be able to see it. You got to be able to see it. Because that's what vision is, right? To be able to see ahead. If you ask a company, what's your vision? They're going to tell you where they're going, right? They're going to tell you, they're not going to tell you, well, right now we're in this present mode and we're, because if you're hearing that, that's not vision. Vision is we're headed here. We're going this way. Direction, vision, yes, it's, it's forward. It's always forward. So if you're getting vision for your life, it's always forward. It's always challenging you to move from where you're at to another place, a higher place, a greater place. To receive vision in your life. And the thing is, you know what's amazing about God? Is when he created us and he created our mind, he made it so that we think in pictures, not words. Like if, I, if I'm talking to you, you don't sit there and see a script of what I'm saying. You're seeing pictures in your mind. Things are happening in your mind where you see images, pictures, uh, remembrances of things come, that have come up from stories or examples. And, and it's hitting your mind as pictures, not as words. God gave you that for a reason. Because with words, we don't see where we're going. With words, we have to hear the word, comprehend it, and then we put it out in a picture. Isn't that interesting? Or we, if we're going to speak back, then we have to put the picture into words and then speak the word out. But he created you to think in pictures. Why? So that you can see where you're going. So that you can see where he's taking you. That's what he did with Abraham. Let's finish up. Let's finish up with Abraham. Let's go to Genesis real quick. Genesis 13. While you're turning there, how many of you have read the story of the Tower of Babel before? 
the, the men got together and they decided in the land of Shinar that they are going to build this, this uh, tower and they do it all for the reason of, of glorifying themselves. They're going to make this tower to the heavens and this is going to bring us so much fame. This is going to bring us so much glory and it says that God came down and saw their tower and he said that nothing is impossible for man in his imagination, in his thinking. Now, that was with men without God. Your imagination is such an asset. It, it truly is. You're, don't, that's where the enemy likes to shut it off. Don't imagine. Don't see in your mind where you're going. Don't see that you can get. In fact, the enemy comes in with discouragement. If it's discouragement, then you know that the enemy just tried to attack because he's trying to cut off your vision. He's trying to cut off where, he's, where God's telling you to go. He's trying to cut off what God says is possible. And he'll, he'll speak discouraged. You can't have that. Nobody in your family has had that. Why do you think you can have that? Why do you think that this is even possible? That's what he'll speak. He'll try to cut off your mind's vision. But God's word comes in and, and puts a fire in that vision. He wants you to see it. He wants you to be able to see forward and be able to follow the path that God has for you. He wants you to see out there and not just stay in a mode of just right here, right now. And even in that, he says, man's imagination can do anything. They can do anything that they put their mind to. That was without God. And you, Now, let me go a step further with this while we're here. You know, do you know what, what God did? He confused what? The languages. Because it says, if you go back and read it, it says, they were of one mind and one speech. One mind and one speech. Unity right there. One mind, they had the same vision, and they talked the same way. There's so much in that. There, you, could, you could do a whole, a whole sermon on that. One mind and one speech. So your mind and your mouth has got to line up. In your home, you've got you to line things up in your home. In your church, you've got you to gotta line things up in your church. That's why we have vision here. That's why we set the vision before us and we run for that. And we, we remind people all the time, this is what the vision is. This is why we pray for the vision all the time. Because we're, we're setting it before us and we're running for that vision. One mind, one speech. How did it get frustrated? Because God confused the languages. Why? Because their heart was intent on evil things, for fame for themselves, a name for themselves. So he confused the languages. What happens when the enemy wants to bring destruction to a vision? He brings division in the speech, division in the mind. So that's got to be guarded. That was just extra. Okay, Genesis. Genesis 13, this is where, where God is, is saying to Abraham, he's, he's given Abram his, his, uh, the vision that he wants for him. And then it says in verse 14, it says, And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, every direction. I want you, Abram, to, to go out and look each direction. 
every direction for all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever and I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth so that if a man could number the dust of the earth then your descendants also could be numbered arise walk in the land through its length and its width for I give it to you and then and then Abraham went and and had us build a, an altar made a sacrifice but what did he say, Abram? I want you to go out and walk the length and the breadth of the land. I want you to look north, south, east, and west. What was he doing? He was getting him to use his mind and begin to imagine himself as owning that land. I'm going to have some wells here. I'm going to put, you know, such and such here. I'm going to put the cattle here. I'm going to I'm going to have a ranch. I'm going to have a home here. This, this land is going to be mine. It's going to be my descendants because this land is way too big for just me. So I know God's given me descendants. And then he later gives him the, the sand on the shore, the stars in the sky. Day or night, he could see the vision. Day or night, he could see the vision. That's how my, it's meditate day and night. This is how you reach a vision. You cannot look at what the enemy's trying to take from you. You can't look at what the world is saying. You've got to look at what God says about you. You've got to look at what he's saying about you. You've got to look at the assignment that he's given you. And then you've got to walk it out. You've got to be diligent to walk it out. I was really hoping to get there because honestly, when you read Proverbs 29, 18, like it goes, it goes into that where the people perish. They cast off restraint. Why? Why do they perish? Why do they, why do they uh, cast off restraint? Because they're not following the instruction. And that's really the second part, is following the instruction that he gives you and in, in, that's required for that vision that he's given you. Write it down. Pastor Red talked about that not too long ago. Write it down. Make it plain so you know where you're going. Write it down. Begin to believe the, the very word that he has spoken to you. Every person in here, God wants you to be successful. You are here today for a purpose. Why? To hear the word of God, to hear the, the, the understanding that he wants to unveil to you. What kind of family? to have, what kind of children to have, what kind of job to have. You know, that's why I talked about principles in the word of God, because there are some things they, that God's not going to necessarily just speak uh, exactly about, but you know the principles that are already in place. There's a principle around certain things. So you don't have to wonder, does God want me healthy? You don't have to wonder that. The word is filled up. With God healing people. Jesus healed constantly, continuously. He didn't turn anybody away. So that is an example. It's a principle that's in place. There's principles in the word of God that if we will apply them in our life, just that alone will begin to see success in that area. Minister Lee, how can you come to the keyboard? Vision, 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 to be able to see forward, to be able to, to see in your mind's eye. Your mind is your, it's like your spiritual eyes. It's to be able to see 
In fact, even when God presses on your spirit something, you feel it in your spirit, you know it, but it's also, it's coming uh, up to your, your mind at that point, and you begin to see it in your mind, what he's impressing in your spirit. Like if I have an impression while I'm praying for someone and I'm beginning to, what happens? I, I feel the impression and then I begin to speak out what I see over their life. What I see for them, what God has for them, where God wants to take them. Why? Because God shows us in vision. He shows us by, by giving it to us in an impression of a picture. It's an amazing thing because without that, we don't know how to walk. We don't know where we're going. He gives us eyes. Why does he give us physical eyes? So we can see where we're going. Our mind is the same thing. And the enemy tries to cut off our ability by discouragement, by fear. Fear will also keep us from going where we're supposed to walk. Because with God, all things are possible. But the enemy will come in and try to say, that's not possible. So he doesn't want you thinking it. Because as soon as you start thinking something and entertaining the idea, then it becomes possible. But the enemy knows this too. So that's why he tries to play on your mind. He tries to, he tries to put thoughts in there that are not godly. Why? Because if you think about it long enough, you'll act on it. Because that's how it happens. It's conceived in the heart, it's entertained, and then someone carries it out. Murders don't just happen. They're conceived already inside of a person. It's not like someone just w wakes up and says, you know what, I've been a good person up to this point. I've been living a great life. It just, I don't know, something today, I'm just, I'm just mad. I feel like killing somebody. No. It's been there. It's been in their spirit. It's been, it's been conceived in them, and it's been already a picture in their mind. That's why he says, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. It's the virtue of, of life that flows out of the heart. That means you have to take the time to meditate. Father, you want me to have this? then I'm going to start moving for it. I'm going to start going for it. I'm going to start heading in that direction. I'm going to start educating myself on your principles around it. Because it doesn't just happen. You, you got to learn from the wisdom of God. And that comes through where? The word or other people that have already gained the knowledge, get the word and they share it and impart it. Whether through books, understanding, preaching, teaching. But you got to go after it. We are like kings, and we're to unveil the mysteries of God. We are to go after them and unveil them, to search them out, the Bible says. To search them out, because they don't just fall into our lap. We're to search them out. Dig it up. Dig up the treasures God has for you. Get that shovel out. Get that pickaxe out. Begin to dig. It's like the merchant that found the great pearl of price. What did he do? He hid it. He went and sold all that he had, took that money, and he went and bought that pearl. Why? Because it was worth it. 
most of the world would say, eh, I'd rather keep all I have. I'd rather keep this over here. But in the kingdom of God, it says the kingdom of God is like a, a, a man that found a great pearl. That means when we find the great pearl, we got we to gotta invest. It's going to take investment. It might take a sacrifice. It might take extra time. It might take turning off the TV and spending time in the Word. It might take prayer. It might take something that He's asking you to do. It might take a character change. It might take you molding into the image of Christ. It might take Him saying, I want you to get rid of this anger. I want you to get rid of this. I want to use your time more effectively. I want you to throw this aside and begin to walk where I'm asking you to walk. I want you to put your time in me and not in, in this over here. Because all these other things will not matter in eternity. And that's why I preached a while back on eternity. Because if we don't have an eternal mindset, we'll only live for the now and we'll only live for what is here. And then in eternity, guess what? It's like a shock, and we're like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know these things were available. I didn't know that was possible. I didn't know that there were going to be levels in heaven. And I don't mean like different levels in heaven. I'm talking about positions. I didn't know there was going to be rulers in heaven. I didn't know that these things were going to be. I, I just thought we were all going to be like little naked angels sitting on clouds bouncing around. That's, that's not what the word of God says. He has great things ahead of you. But man, if we don't dig in and look at the eternal side of things, we'll miss it. We'll miss it. Our responsibility here is like a job interview for what we're going to be doing for eternity. So think of your life here. Every time I make a right decision, man, they just marked that down on my job interview. I just got myself a 10 there. I just got a high score there because I made the right choice. Why don't we stand to our feet? take time it will require time from you and and I have to say that this is another area that the enemy tries to steal is time that's why the world is so fast-paced now so many distractions so many so many things that will just come up and just man pull you right out of that moment pull you right out of okay I'm gonna do this and all of a sudden phone call text Man, I'm going to go pray. I'm going to read my word. Text. I'm going to determine. To do, I mean, you, you. there has to be a fight. There has to be a determination in you that says, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to make sure and set myself up to be successful, to be victorious in this. I'm going to order these particular books. I'm going to find out understanding from Holy Spirit people that have walked this walk and have gained knowledge in this. I, but it costs $12. Then spend the $12.
You spend $100 on a ticket to a basketball game or a football game or something. Spend $15, $20 on, on educating yourself in the things of God. It's the, those keys that will bring peace to your life. That sporting event, that, that vacation, whatever it is, that's temporary. That's temporary. But you find the keys to the kingdom of God, that's peace. That's victory. When the world goes crazy, you got a peace inside of you, and it doesn't shake you. Because the word of God says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But the kingdom of God is not shaken. So the more of the kingdom of God that you get on the inside of you, the less that the things of this world are going to shake you. You'll, you'll walk right through it. There, there'll be things happening, but it's not going to shake you. It's not going to move you. You're going to look the same. Why? Because you're turning into the nature of Christ. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. You think he's in heaven getting shook up by what's going on? No, he's unshakable. Why? Because he knows the truth. And the truth sets you free. And the truth puts you higher. The truth makes you soar. The truth brings you to another level that you don't have to respond to the world and what they're saying. When the enemy comes in and starts, starts that's why when, when things happen and people start pushing your buttons, what's going on is you're allowing that person to give you that identity. But if you know what your identity is, that doesn't shake you. You see what I'm saying? When someone flips you off, when someone says, you're this, you're that, and you know who you are in Christ, then it doesn't rattle you. You're like, okay, whatever. You can talk all you want, but I know who I am in Christ. That's not me. I'm not lowering myself to that identity because I get my identity from my creator. You don't identify me. You don't tell me who I am because God Almighty created me. He tells me who I am. That's how you become unshakable. We just went in a little bit of a different direction, didn't we? That's okay. Maybe somebody needed to hear that. Why don't we bow our heads? Father, I thank you so much for the mind that you put inside of each one of us. Lord, I pray that we do not inhibit our thinking according to your word and, and according to the things, the plans, the purposes that you have for us. Lord, that we would begin to allow our imagination to think beyond what the world has spoken, to think beyond even what maybe parents have said to us, school teachers, people in life, friends that didn't know God, didn't know his plan. But Father, you have a plan for us. You have a purpose. In fact, you, you call us the rulers over this earth. And every person here is to have influence on this earth. 
I pray right now that you begin to flood their spirit and their understanding with revelation of what you have called them to be. You have called them to be great mothers, great fathers. You have called them to be influencers of this community. You've called them to be great teachers. You've called them to be great models before other people. You've called them to influence other people to walk the walk of victory in Christ. Speak to each person now, I pray. 